What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And listen to the 80s Babies podcast. And today we're back with another Make It a Classic, although this time we got a special version of Make It a Classic. We're going to talk about our very own Yinka and his departure LP. This is trash, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if you can hear the, hear the third voice in the studio, that is none other than my brother. Hello, hello. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is Adrian Outlaw, and uh, I am Andrew's brother. I'm also, I also happen to be the 80s Babies podcast number one fan, and uh, just, yeah, really happy to be here today. Special episode, we're going to talk about Yinka's work, and I'm, we're joined by my family here, so... There it is. I, we have been accused of trashing uh, certain <laughs> albums uh, that, that were very near and dear to the hearts of many of our friends, fans, and family. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're just here to make a testament to the fact that nobody's above the make it a classic treatment, myself included. So let's get it. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start it off asking my brother the question, where were you when you first heard this album? Where was I? Actually, uh, I was, uh, so I was on my way to uh, my uh, my daughter's track meet. So I got a, I got a daughter that's going into uh, high school this year and so we're driving to charlotte and uh i listen to the podcast when i'm driving and yeah. so i was listening to uh the podcast you talked about the production and the creation right. of this album got at the track meet and i was like on the way back i was like all right give yinka 11 dollars 88 cents was that uh, you <laughs> yeah and uh buy the album i you know i support his, his music his efforts and uh downloaded it and just started listening to it on the way back and was uh really impressed uh it it was kind of neat listening to it at least the first time through and um knowing somebody that actually putting something like that together so that was pretty pretty awesome dope outlaw where were you i was here obviously we had just recorded the i guess the interview or we were talking about the release of the album so we just recorded the podcast on it and you had just released it so i decided to give it a few listens i want to say i probably listened to it about three or four times that first week and then i shared it with a couple friends got some of their feedback and you had mentioned that you wanted to do the make it a classic on it or at least review it but you wanted to make sure that there was someone who was at least a fan of this (laughs) album you know so we didn't shit on it too badly and my brother is probably the biggest fan of this album i think i might be the biggest fan yeah Yeah, no what i was saying was um i think one of the beautiful things about being the person who made the album and being very critical as well right i have many very critical friends Everybody kind of had very different opinions in terms of what their favorite songs were, what songs they would remove, et cetera. So when we did the album, I wanted to have it so that it wasn't just you saying the ones that you thought were good or bad. I wanted to also have like another person's perspective on it just because some of the songs you loved, other people told me they hated or songs that you hated, other people told me they loved. So I just kind of wanted to see if there was some contrast there. You know what I mean? So for those of you who are unaware if you just recently started following our podcast back in december of 2017 yinka released his third lp which is the departure lp we did a podcast on that to review it i was just asking him questions about it he was taking us into his process behind making the album particularly as a working individual music is not his full time he you know he makes music for sport he makes it because he's still passionate about it uh so obviously i applaud you for that for having the go through the daily grind of having a a daytime job but then also still pursuing your passions so you got a big up for that and so now you know after i guess six months uh (laughs) we're coming back to review it so you already touched on a little bit on the critical reception so i want to get your thoughts on the critical reception yinka what 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 do you think your peers have had to say about this album 
That's a good question. To be honest, I don't think enough ears have really touched it. Um, I would say the critical reception in terms of people that have heard it, they had really positive things to say about it overwhelmingly, which is, is really good and heartening. I think, you know, most people's response has been like, why haven't more people heard about this? Mm -hmm. You know, why didn't I know that you did this? Like, so I think a lot of this is we're in an age where it's it's about marketing. It's mm -hmm. about, you right. know, how, how are you pushing yourself out there? Are you on Snapchat every day? Are you on IG? You know, like what what is your angle to make people care? Right. Because you can be great at something and that's that's awesome. But like do people care right? right one of the things that i think we should even do a whole episode on is um we're in the month of june right now mm -hmm. i'd say about 15 major releases just happened over the last week or so right, right. so so when beyonce and jay-z are putting out an album kanye's putting out an album Nas is putting out an album when all of these people that are so important and near and dear to people's hearts are putting out albums and you yinka joe schmo from you know alexandria virginia is putting out an album why should people care mm -hmm. and i think that that's something that's kind of to a degree been a learning experience for me is just like it's great to make music but if you want people to hear it and you want to have a critical reception you have to create a critical reception so i think some of that is just my own fault in not doing a good enough job or having time to put time into the marketing and promotion of the album that's a very fair assessment of your own work. Um, I have some thoughts on that, but we can get to it later. I'll just touch on my critical reception real quick. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I listened to it uh, at least two or three times when it, when it first came out. And then, of course, when we were reviewing this episode or when we were gearing up to do this episode, I listened to it again just to kind of refresh my memory on some of the initial opinions that I had. And I definitely enjoyed it. I shared it with a few friends. Obviously, my brother is here, so we'll get his thoughts in a second. But the two friends in particular that I shared it with hit me with the almost like surprise praise of the album mm -hmm. in the sense that it's one of these situations where it's like, all right, look, we're all friends. We're all peers. We're not professionals at these things. So whenever we put out anything artistic or creative, right, we're, we always listen to it out of respect and right. say, oh, hey, this is this is cool. Right? right. But then when they hit you with a surprise, they're like, oh, I didn't actually expect this to be good. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to say the, the two individuals names because we know we all know them personally. Right. right? So well, that's fair. But they were surprised to know that, hey, Yinka's actually not bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think that that's actually a very good compliment. To, because you know it's one thing for had these individuals just said oh hey it's cool I would be like yeah they don't really care yeah. but for them to be like oh I'm actually kind of bouncing to this yeah. I didn't think I would <laughs> unless you know that hey they're stepping out of that zone of being the you know just the friend and now they're going into their objective space and saying hey I can actually enjoy this on its own yeah. so that's a critical reception that I had I, I think there's there's something to be said for that and a lot of in a lot of ways I feel like it's you know through its whether it's social media or Twitter or just what you see on on TV people are kind of telling you what to think and so for me listening to that the first time and not knowing what to think and being genuinely impressed or surprised by something like that was it had a real homegrown like organic feel that you just don't get it nowadays. Everything's yeah. like overproduced or is somebody's team and you don't get that level of authenticism, right. you know, in the music nowadays. At least that's my perception. And so, yeah, for me, you know, listening to it the first time and just kind of not having anything to think about, you know, just like going into a movie and not seeing the preview, I was really impressed. He was really impressed. And let me just say, he's probably a bigger fan of you than I am. Even though I've heard <laughs> you perform, I've been, I've been to your show and I've seen uh, you perform. Yeah. He 
I think went through your entire YouTube channel and seen yes. every single one of his videos, oh, and, and, and yeah, his entire family watched the videos too. So yeah. they're all fans. Well, my mom's yo. I had my mom. So I, I, I'm, I'm here with Yinka. We're both in boots, right? So uh, he just tore his Achilles, and I tore my ATF ligament. So I'm, I'm sitting there in a boot. But I had moms come down for a couple of weeks after my surgery, and uh, I think it was about the same time when I heard the album. So I was just kind of searching YouTube and just wanted, you know. Just something to do because I was sitting yeah. on my sitting my you know on my tail all day and uh had my mom's listen to it and she's like yo you can make this and I was like yeah great <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was shout terrific. out to Mama Outlaw <laughs> yeah 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 so so yeah I I just want to say though one of the points that you made I a hundred percent agree with you right and I think one of the reasons Outlaw and I get along so well is because we both kind of have this perspective where we try to remove ourselves from the zeitgeist right like we're kind of in a in a point of time where you just have so many images that are pushed on you all the time that it's like it's almost like you're told how to feel about something before you get a chance to actually feel something mm -hmm. and so i think that's something that i also personally enjoy when i stumble upon something and i'm like you know nobody told me how to feel about it and then i just i'm able to have the raw emotion of oh this is really good or i don't like this so much and it's just it's like so rare now like right. it's like you know you, you something comes along and you're like you already know how you're supposed to feel about it before yeah, yeah. you you feel it like i think there's something called 30 second takes that they okay. have on twitter i don't remember which outlet does it i think it might be dj booth or one of them but essentially when an album comes out they have somebody listen to it i guess maybe 30 seconds of every song mm -hmm. and then they give a review of the album that's funny. and Stupid. like so, I mean, people are telling you within, you know, if an album has 10 tracks on it, they're giving you 300 seconds or whatever, right. you know of an impression of, of something that you may have spent two, three years creating that's right. like a piece of art. So it's just rare to really be able to like to bond with something on your own in terms of your personal emotions but i really applaud and appreciate folks that actually take the time to do that because it's like when you have 10 albums crammed down your throat a week it's difficult to, to st step aside and be like okay i have these 10 albums that i need to discuss with all my friends around the water cooler you know mm -hmm. at work let me step out and actually listen to this 11th that i know nobody's going to ask me about right. <laughs> you know what i mean I mean, it's, you know, right now with music and books or movies, it's a right now kind of movement, you know, like right now, this is, you know, you're supposed to watch Avengers right now. Before that, right. it was Black Panther right now. And next it's going to be whatever. Ant, Ant, Ant Man, Man the Wasp. It's the same thing for music, you know, the next thing. It's right now. This is what you need to listen to yeah. and to have something that kind of comes up organically that you get to appreciate and kind of take in on, on your own. Yeah, I think it's, it was impactful for me. So for our listeners real quick, what they just described is essentially where I've been for the past like 10 years, right? For, for, <laughs> people, for people who have listened to the show numerous times, I'll state that like I pretty much removed myself from hip hop from like 2005 to 2015. I heard a little highlights here and there. I just went off in my own direction and listened to what I wanted to listen to. I'm coming back into the fold now, but essentially that was my attitude to the extreme, right? right? If someone told me something was good, I was... It was to the point where I was like, yo, fuck you. I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to listen to yeah. some Quito mix over here that uh, you guys never even heard and you're not going to hear, but yeah. I'm going to love it because that's just what I was doing. I was, I was being, probably being a little too stubborn, but yeah. But you know what? One of the things I will say, though, and this is something that I think a lot of people in the industry complain about, you know, I guess the folks like us and others out there that complain about this current state of the industry even though there's so much out there and so much is being pushed out there, there's also so much out there, right? Yeah. And so like one of the things that I've enjoyed doing 
I hate plugging companies without getting endorsements or money back. But uh, <laughs> uh, like, like you know, I'll subscribe to influencers that I trust or that I think mm -hmm. are positive on like a SoundCloud, and then just go through the mix of what pops up on my timeline. And I discover and find, I mean, I guess discover kind of Columbusing a little bit, right? These are probably people yeah. that have been making music for 10, 20 years. Yeah. But I, I run across things that nobody told me to like all the time. And I'm just like, oh, this is cool. It's just, it's a random person that has a SoundCloud account. So we complain about SoundCloud rappers because in our mind, that's like Takashi 69 or whoever all these people are with tattoos all over their face. But there's also like really good stuff out there that you'd be surprised and you, you know, it just kind of pops up. Uh, I always give selection props. Mm -hmm. I also like yeah, selection every like week or month or whatever, they come out with a mix and it's just two hours of music. And I don't know the names of any of the artists. It, it's not really tagged. I mean, mm -hmm. if I wanted to, I could go out and, and seek that. But um, the fact that it's not tagged is something that I love about it. It's just great music that I can just put on and then I'll hear something and I'll be like, this sounds really good. I might try to Shazam it or something like that. But the fact that it's not, this is by Beyonce, you have to hear it. This yeah. is by Rihanna, you have to hear it. I enjoy it that much more because I can discover it on my own. Yeah, it's exactly why I follow Jasonic and Allison on right. Spotify. Because right. anytime they pop up something and, and I look, I'm like, oh, Jasonic, listen to that. Well, I'm going to listen to it too. <laughs> There's a good chance I'm going to like right, it. Right. So cool. let's just get it right into the whole highlights. I want right. to start with you, Yinka. What are your highlights? Man, okay. So this is something that I, I will confess as an artist. When I create something, first of all, I'm super, I'm hypercritical of myself. So every song that you guys hear, I've heard it a million times. Okay. One. Two, every single time I hear a song by me, I hear something that I could have done better. A take I could have done better. I know a exactly snare what that's about, out of yeah. place. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, something in the mix that, so when I make an album, it's like exhaling. Like I... I don't listen to the album again for like three months after after <laughs> okay. it finally comes out because it's just like you know thank god this is off my plate yeah. so i actually haven't heard this in a while um <laughs> i would say my highlights are hear me though i love that sample don't cry that yeah. song's been around since 2012 and i've okay. wanted to put it out mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's uh near and dear to my heart cut the check because it was a different direction for me and probably you and me too yeah, yeah. Okay. those would be my highlights yeah. Adrian, you want to go? Your highlights? Yeah. Um, can I just say, I actually like the cover art. I thought that was really neat, the picture. It, it is a good picture. Yeah, on the album, yeah. I thought that was really neat. And then for me, the uh, the intro, or the, excuse me, the outro, uh, I thought that was a good start to the album, just kind of, you know, setting the pace. And then uh, I like Hear Me. Uh, I also like Don't Cry. You and Me is probably my favorite track. I do like Breathe. And I really liked uh, the the extra track, the bonus track, Mister Perfect. I, I really caught on to that one. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. And I, if if I recall correctly too, from the previous pod, you found the producer for the or the uh, the the uh, the guy that made the sample for that on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a so. similar situation, right? Yeah. Just listening to something, somebody retweeted something on my timeline. I happen yeah. to hear it. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, this is perfect. So yeah, there there were some hits on it for sure. Appreciate I really it. appreciate it. Andrew, what you got? I like you and me as well. You and me too. Yeah. That's a that's a highlight. Night in Dubai is a highlight. Mm. That beat is low-key incredible. Yeah. And I, I really like what you did, how you work with the beat and the concept of the song. Uh, we shot, you know, uh, me and mine shine like a night in Dubai. I thought that was really mm -hmm. cool. I actually like Seven Seas. Oh, yeah, my, right. my brother disagreed with me. <laughs> I, 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 I disagree. Like I, I just... I, I, do you want to talk about it now? Or is no, no, no. Yeah, let me, let me finish. Right. I also like Mr. Perfect. Yeah. And... The song that disappointed me the most is also still a highlight for me, and that's Vegas. Yeah, you told yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, so those are my highlights. Okay. Lowlights? Lowlights. 
Who wants to go first? Adrian, can you go first. the low lights? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I, I wouldn't say there's the low lights. It's not like it's a low light, low light. Like I don't ever want to hear it again, or like, hey, take it off the the track. It's just like, hey, I would probably do something a little different. Like, right. um, so the the biggest one that stands out to me was uh, Complete Control because okay. I like the lyrics, I like the flow. It's just like the tempo was just a little too slow, and like the beat. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not an expert. You guys are much better. You know, I but, wouldn't call myself an yeah, expert. Yeah, but you know, it seems like you almost like you could put it on a trap or something that would you could bounce to and make it a little more clubby because like All some right. of the the tones and innuendo in there are really good. Um, it's something that you could I could see myself bouncing to, but especially after the first two tracks when it, when that one comes on, it just kind of fell flat. Uh-huh. Like the beat just kind of goes wonk. <laughs> and uh so that that one and then uh for me seven c's I, man <laughs> I, you know it's like you start out listening to it you like it but the first thing like uh, say the seven c's yeah. you, know, you can cut that out <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that but all i hear is summer 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 time and i'm like yo it's fresh prince of bel-air back in the house i was like oh after that i couldn't i was like i i can't i can't get into this anymore but so yeah. i but the, that those were the only two that were like yeah, I'd probably go a little different direction, I think. Right. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of quality stuff on there. I mean, that, those are the two where I'd say, yeah, can we really, I mean, I just think they need to be re-engineered, maybe a little more like, different, in my opinion, to different take on it. But right. Yeah, guess? so for me, the low light, we've already discussed this, is I'm not a big fan of Hear Me Though. And I think uh, one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of Hear Me Though is because I know that you like it and you really pushed it out there. You had the video and stuff, but for me, I thought the sample, while good initially, kind of wore on me. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily want to call that like a a dated concept, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely of an era that we're no longer in, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But I think because of that, because of some, you know, kind of some of the redundancy, some of the repetitiveness, I just wasn't really feeling it, especially Mm -hmm. because you pushed that single out a while ago. Yeah. Um, So I've heard it a lot and Mm -hmm. it just doesn't really do much for me. The other one that, I would have to say is a low light for me is cut the check mm-hmm. and the reason why i didn't like cut the check is because i didn't think that the pacing of your rapping mm-hmm. is the most effective way for you to rap mm-hmm. and i thought that you kind of got caught in between you either need to go a little bit quicker yeah, or slow yeah. it down a little bit and you kind of got everyone kind of has like a middle gray area that they just don't really shine in mm-hmm. and i think you're rapping on this you kind of got caught in that middle area well i think there are a couple of tempos in that track too you actually start out kind of slow and kind of picks up at the end where it's a little more approachable in terms of your rhyme and how it flows with the track yeah there's a few different cadences yeah on yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm yeah i don't know how the bar counts work you guys can speak to that but it starts out kind of a little more slow and monotone and it picks up in the end and like okay yeah now i'm there but at the beginning there's eh, i think that's a little bit of a pervasive theme it's like you just kind of start a little slow and then it builds up mm-hmm. but it's like i feel like you can start a little higher and then finish real strong because your strongest songs are the ones where you're getting it you know like you and me too and mr <laughs> yeah. perfect it's like you know you carry you got you got a voice that carries you got presence you got it's engaging you know but you can i think you sell yourself a little short where you don't give people kind of that aspect of your voice and your tone and what how you can present yourself up front so it was just a couple tracks where i noticed that no, that's fair. For me, low lights, 
I am just going to try to be super critical of my own work. Um, <laughs> it's we, all trash. We, <laughs> the whole thing in the dumpster. <laughs> Fuck we, this shit. We, we talked about <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> we talked about revolutionary is, uh, you know, if that's the, you know, Tiana Taylor's album got, got delayed or Nas's album got delayed because of something at the very end, my delay was the baseline of revolutionary. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I finally got the baseline of revolutionary, it was like, turn in your album time so you know i didn't really have a chance to take that baseline and really manipulate it the way i would have wanted to in terms of of sequencing i kind of just had to sequence it on the fly and then put it out um so when i hear that that the baseline just kind of it doesn't sit right with me yet i would say seven seas is actually a low light for me as well just because i think the concept of having a girl record is a dated concept. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. That's and, actually kind of why I like yeah. it, though. And it's uh, a, it's a, it's a girl record that actually should have been on New Art, New Money. Okay. So you okay, know, um, that record should have come out in 2012, but I put it out in 2017. So it was five years too late. So for me, when I hear it, it sounds like 2012 to me. I actually don't disagree with that, but that's yeah. why I like it. I'm going to yeah. defend that song. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, get a not, chance. I'm not. I'm obviously not shitting on it. I wouldn't put it out. Or I didn't think it was. It was cool, but I, you know, I'm, this is me trying to be critical. I think "Breathe" the beat gets a little repetitive. I think there's some more that I could have done with that beat. Complete control. I get where you're coming from. I think the beat didn't initially speak to me the way beats normally speak to me. Mm-hmm. But then I came up with the concept and the bounce of how I was going to flow on it. And I was like, this is dope because I haven't done this yet on the album. And so I included it as a result of that. But the sample, the uh, Tootsie Roll sample. Yeah, 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 yeah. It never quite sat in the beat the way I wanted it. That might be and fair. so that might be I, fair. I made it and I had to do all this stuff to like pitch it down and all this stuff. And then like the studio lost the files and then I had I literally have I've done that like three times. Yeah. <laughs> so once they finally got the final version, it never quite sat in the mix the way I wanted it to. That's another low light. Can I can I just say that's how it felt too when you listen to it? Like it yeah. just it just kinda Yeah it falls a little flat. Yeah. Like you know, cause Tootsie Roll, that song pops, you know, that's a that's a right. song that you comes on and you're like, you know, like everybody's getting it. <laughs> and you know, when you, one of the things you talked about before is like, hey, why listen to me? What's the kind of why listen to Yinka? You know, right. one of the things I thought of when I wrote down is like, hey, what's the so what? You know, are you listening to this to the club? Right. Like is it that song you're gonna pop yeah. to or get that girl on your, you know? And, and, <laughs> or, you know, so the what's the so what of the song? And it just kind of. I think for me, the so what of this song, I don't have a song for her and her girls when they're getting ready to go out. When they're getting ready, they like to listen to whatever, right? Yeah. This record was that. When I like wrote the idea down, I was like, I was like, oh shit, like this is this is that, you know? And I just developed the idea all the way through and it was that, but I agree, like I probably would have done some different things in the beat had I made the beat and that sample just didn't sit the way I wanted it to sit. Yeah. The last low light that I'll give, and everybody in the world is gonna disagree with me. This happens to me every single album. Mr. Perfect is a low light for me. Is um, it really? Everybody loves that song. Yeah. But oh, for me, man. I mean, honestly, you guys talk about how on Cut the Check, you feel like I mailed it in. Mr. Perfect, I feel like I mailed it in. Like, literally, I'm just being 110% honest because I think music needs to be honest. I got a trap beat. I was like, yo, this this beat is really hard and I feel like it's my pocket, right? 
So I actually started with half of a verse that I already had. I was like, oh, this goes. And then I just, I finished out the verse. I came up with a hook that was a reinterpretation of a Missy hook. And I just wrapped it out. And then and I, I put Sometimes it out. It works like it was, like, yeah, and it's, it's funny because a lot of times the records where I feel as though I'm mailing it in are the ones that resonate the most with other people. Let me ask you something. What is Led Zeppelin's, in your opinion, what is Led Zeppelin's best song? I don't know their catalog well enough to say. I mean, we could almost say like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? You know, he made what, 30,000 Skyhooks? You know, like that's you right there. Why apologize for that? It's really good. Yeah, it's it's just it's you know, not it's, it's easy. It's not but... this or that. It's just it's just a matter of you know, and and we talk about this all the time, right? Do you want to be Miguel or do you want to be Anderson Pac or do you want to be Bruno Mars? Right? Like, I think Miguel or Anderson Pac could do what Bruno Mars does, but they choose not to. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot more work and effort, in my opinion. To create, you know, the story of a childhood friend eulogizing them in mm-hmm. Don't Cry, mm-hmm. right. then it does for me to just write some shit about there's some chick sitting next to me in a car and I'm I'm driving and I look good. Like for me, I don't know. People can say to me that that's who Yinka Diz is. He's a he's a guy in a car with a girl who looks good. But for me, like I'm a person who really appreciates when artists stretch their artistry to create something that the world doesn't have. And I don't think that Mr. Perfect gives the world something that it doesn't have. Does it have to be one or the other, though? I mean, can't you have both, especially on an 11 or 12 track LP? Like, Without a doubt. I'm just telling y'all, yeah, yeah. if I'm a consumer and I'm listening to Yinka Diz, Mr. Perfect doesn't give me something that I don't get from any other artist. That's right. And I typically, the way I, I differentiate artists where I'd be like, this artist is cool. This artist is, wow, I'm impressed with this artist and I really want to connect with their artistry is when they give me something where I'm like, this artist gives me something that I can't go to this person, this person, and this person for. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that, and that's, it's funny that you're surprised by that because when I have conversations with people, the compliment that I often get is like, wow, I feel like I could hear this on the radio mm-hmm. or like, oh man, this, this is so good. It sounds like this artist. And for me, like, it's kind of a, almost a, a compliment and a diss at the same time because I don't want to give you a record that sounds like it could be on the radio because half the shit on the radio I don't like. Right. And I don't want to give you a record that sounds exactly like name the artist that you like over here because I want to be my own version of, you know, whatever it is. But I do realize that in order to for people to connect with your music, you have to give them something that's a bit familiar to kind of draw them in before you can really give them who you are as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can see that. I, the one thing I would say is like people, for better or for worse, there are songs that people like, right? And, uh, you know, some people buy the same song over and over. It just <laughs> happens to be from 10 different people. Yeah. But they'll listen to it, right? And, then, right. and it'll sell. And people enjoy it, you know. I, I think there's a space for breadth, for range, you know. You're going to have your tracks that really get people going that they bounce to because they want to bounce to music, right? right? You know, and then you get into some other things that are deeper and more, you know, intellectual that you're really trying to speak to us, you know, whether it's the loss of your cousin or a story you're trying to tell. I mean, right. I, I don't think you should almost feel like you're getting in your head a little too much. Like, hey, every music, <laughs> every track I make has got to be like the yeah. most, you know, you know, in-depth. You, you guys you asked me for my, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, you got to have range, you got to have range in the catalog. Right? right. And I think right. that one of the dangers of 
what you're talking about. And I'm not criticizing your point. I'm actually yeah. kind of adding on to it, though. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, something that can happen as an artist is that you put something out there that you may not necessarily think is your best work. And then all of a sudden, the masses enjoy it. And then that mm-hmm. defines who you are as an artist. And maybe right. you're shying away from that. Mm-hmm. The reason why I brought up the Led Zeppelin point is because undoubtedly, the most popular song in their catalog is Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. I happen to not like the song very much. I think it's fine, but it's mm-hmm. not my favorite. Not only that, the lead singer, Robert Plant, who wrote the song, fucking hates it. Yeah. Doesn't like to perform it. seems it. like most big artists <laughs> hate their biggest record. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. And Jimi Hendrix, one of his most, most iconic performances, when he really got put on the big stage was when he performed Wild Thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not his song, but he performed it. And that's when he lit his guitar on fire and just went fucking ballistic. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, holy shit, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Right? This is back when he was a sensation in the UK, but not yet fully a sensation in the US. Mm-hmm. Then every time he performs, people wanted him to do Wild Thing. He's like, mm-hmm. look, that's what I felt in that moment. Right, right, I got right, other right. shit I want to do. Right, like, I want to do this blues record right now because I'm fucking with some BB King shit. Why I got to set my guitar on fire, right? <laughs> so I, I think so. Sometimes that happens when you know an, an artist gets defined for something that perhaps they didn't even intend. Yeah. But that being said, though, you know I'm gonna go back to my first point, which is you know an an artist their catalog needs to have some range. Yeah. You know you don't want five songs that all sound the same, and sometimes you got that one joint that's hitting and everyone wants to hear it so yeah i don't know i I like mr perfect enter mr perfect yeah yeah yeah. nah but uh the song it goes i like the beat obviously i wouldn't put it out if i didn't like it but in terms of my artistry i would say that's probably the one that took the least effort from me okay Uh, sometimes it happens that way yeah so uh should we make this a classic Make it a classic, Make fellas. It, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I want to touch on something that you said in the beginning about how, you know, why should I listen to this, right? And mm-hmm. I think both you and Adrian kind of touched on it a little bit or had things to say about it. And I think for me is if I am someone in your shoes, I'm not speaking for you, but like if I'm in someone in, in that case and I want to get put on, I think the one thing that I would try to do is get someone's attention. And I think that there are several songs on here that had the chance to really get someone's attention. And though I'm actually going to start with complete control. Mm -hmm. And I think that you mentioned the sample, how it didn't necessarily quite fit into the track. I think that if you want to talk about the production angle, you already have in your mind the kind of things that could improve the song in general. I think for me in particular, what really kind of sold the song short because i like it is the fact that you can tell i can tell that you didn't fully commit to the persona that you needed to really really sell that song yeah and i think that had you actually either fully committed to kind of doing that trap thing or getting a trap artist to feature on it to do the hook i think you had a chance to do something with it because it's not a bad song it might be a low light for y'all but there was potential there for it to get someone's attention to be like, wow, I didn't think you could, could do this. And not only that, I'm kind of bouncing to it. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and so for me, I think that that was a song that really had to had the chance to grab someone's attention. The other big one for me is Vegas. Man, the reason why I'm disappointed in this is because this is something that some random person out in you know nebraska or whatever like comes across this on the internet and is like wow this is actually a really dope song this beat is incredible the flow on it shout out to david bocuse the beat is incredible the flow on it the tone everything is incredible i think where it falls short to me i think was the concept of doing something so specific as vegas and not only that you kind of downplay the vegas experience saying like oh it's just another night in vegas i think that this record 
that song in particular had the chance to be really, really big. Something almost to the point where it's like, maybe just talking about like life, like this is how we made it, or you know, where the possibilities of where we can go, like look where we came from, look where we're going, something to that effect. But I think that the kind of downplays of like, oh, it's just another night in Vegas, I think kind of sells the, the, the song short because like I said, your voice, your flow, delivery, the beat, how it all works together and like the mood I feel when I, when I, when I hear the song, it's something that's very, very contemporary in the best possible way. You know what I mean? Like I could see one of those artists you name like an Anderson Pop grabbing that beat and doing something with it and just be like, wow. And so I think that that was your best opportunity to really grab a lot of people's attention and be like, hey, uh, you heard this kid in the DC area? Because uh, it's, it's always a DC, right? Uh -huh. you, heard this, you heard this kid in DC? Like, he might be someone we have to pay attention to. And now you got a show at U-Haul and you've got, I don't know, uh, 100, 200, however many people it feels. <laughs> We'll say half the capacity, but hey, it's, it's good, right? <laughs> now you got a little bit of buzz. And I think that had you got that song right, you know, almost the rest of the album doesn't even really matter. Like you've got good quote unquote filler in there, right? Every album needs to have good other material that's not the hits. You've definitely had that in there. We can all see it. But I think that that song is the one that could really get people's attention to be like, hey, this is someone that we need to, you know, keep in mind, pay attention for the future. The other one, I think breathe you made a video for breathe right we considered making a video for it still might i think that that was something that probably because you i remember you you shared with me the idea that you had in mind for right, breathe, right, right. and i think it was a good idea yeah. i think if you somehow try to flip it to have a little bit more of um a west coast bounce west coast swing to it or you know how some kind of sometimes like those snares like really hit you with that like that womp or whatever i think had you done something like that that probably could have been probably could have made that song a little bit better the rest of the album i don't really have too many issues with um like hear, hear me though you know i'm not sure if it should have been as pronounced because like i said that's kind of a low light for me and I can defend Seven Seas in a little bit. I'll, yeah. I'll, I feel like I'll defend Seven Seas when you guys want that scrap from the album. So, but we can we can move on to something else. Yeah, no, I don't want it scrapped. I think that it just it just hit in a way for me that brought to brought it to something that you know I, I hadn't been feeling since I was like sixteen. I'm like, oh well. And then I think one thing I would say is that, and, and it's just kind of when you line up some of the tracks that for me didn't weren't as strong as I think they could have been. I'm actually going to quote you. I think you said night in Dubai, like nice guys finished last. Right. And I feel like that's a lit, like you, Andrew kind of hit on it when he was talking, like you just didn't quite go far enough. You know, you didn't, you didn't step out and say, Hey, like even in breathe, I really like breathe, but you know, I think you're talking about cops on a nigga, you know, can't, you know, can't let a nigga breathe. And then, and then what, right? Like, you know, what, what statement are you making other than the fact that cops are on you all the time? Right. In uh, complete control, you know, you, you could have gone a little farther. And Vegas, actually, I don't know if I would change anything in Vegas, honestly. Like, I was digging on it. The one thing, or maybe I add to contextually to all of this, too, is that when you think about the theme of your album, it's the departure. You've made some videos for the album. But, you know, when I, for better or for worse, I got three kids, right? So <laughs> I watch YouTube all the time. And you put your stuff on YouTube, but you haven't, like, taken your music beyond the media of what it is and just music and made the videos tied to the theme agree of the departure yeah, you know agree the story you travel so much it's like you could in, 
you know, not only like take what you're doing, certainly with the podcast, with the music and expand that to, hey, this is when Yink is doing this. You know, this is when I'm going out, embed your music. And then for better or for worse, I mean, you kind of mentioned that you wouldn't link it to something or certainly with, with SoundCloud. But, you know, I mean, link, you know, people like getting 400,000 you know, views, a million views for, you know, teaching people how to change a tire or something <laughs> random, you know, right. you know, so link the music to Dubai. You know, some people, you know, people search for travel in Dubai and your your music's linked to that. And it comes up in their search right. and hit it that way. Kind of grow it organically. You know, like the, the highest paid person on YouTube is like the six year old kid that gets 10 million views per video and is pulling like 10 million dollars a year. Right. So, you know, linking your your music to the media, kind of expanding. It doesn't all have to be videos like music videos, but the travels of yeah. Inca, you know, and kind of making that more of the story and a larger media capturing more media more 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 hits and whatnot and kind of growing it that way but going back to what i originally said i think just the uh you know nice guys finished last like, there are a couple songs where it's like you could have gone just a just a little bit more and i don't know and that's just my take too i, I sit here and I'm, I'm critiquing something that i could never do so <laughs> i i'm i'm you know i just before you respond uh, I, I think there's something to that in the sense that what we as humans appreciate is when people kind of go all the way and they, they don't take chances. They just willing to risk it. And perhaps in a few areas on this record, maybe you're a little too cautious. I don't know. Maybe not, but maybe had you stepped on someone's toe or crossed the line and just gone all out fully committed. I don't know. Is that kind of what you're hitting on? Yeah, it's kind of what, cause, uh, you, you, and you and me too. That's like, that's the one where I kind of connect the most, you know, yeah. where it's like, you know, when you live in this exquisite, you know, girls that cling to you, you know, like when you're going out and you're speaking about Yinka and the things that you've accomplished and who you are. And yeah, it's a comparison of you against other people, but you know, in a good way, in a fun way. And like, you know, challenging you and, you know, other people. And I just, just taking that next step and being more. You know what it is? It. You know what it is? I think that because I know you, I think that I was able to detect that you cared about what we thought of you and maybe if you said hey you know what fuck all my friends fuck them all i don't care about their opinions this is what i'm gonna do then maybe we'd be like yo man like who's this yinka cat yeah i just want to uh just want to piggyback <laughs> off, off something that adrian was saying which I, I think you know i wholeheartedly agree with and i i touched on it but like i think that this album could have done a whole lot more with proper marketing i just feel like music in you know 2018 2017 is two-dimensional yeah. and we're in a three-dimensional world People don't care about music anymore. Like music is just music. You make music to sell merchandise. You make music to do shows. You make music to get views on videos. Uh, you sell you, drinks. There are other ways. Yeah. There are other things that you're doing. Music is means to a different end. There's mm -hmm. no music is not an end. The departure is an album where music is the end. It's just music. That's it. Right. But you know, in order to make this something that people connected with. There's just tons and tons of different ways that I could have, I guess, connected with people to make them connect with the music. Yeah. It would have been another full-time job. Yeah, um, and with some, as that. somebody who already has this podcast mm -hmm. and a full-time <laughs> job, mm -hmm. um, I would, I probably just wouldn't, I don't have enough hours in a day to do music and do that. It's completely but, fair. But if I was only doing music and doing that, I mean, you know, there's tons, uh, some of the ideas that you had were specific ideas that I had. 
I, I don't know if you went out and checked it out, but um, I did a video for Dubai, which I'm not in. With but the, it's, um, uh, with the, it's uh, got the, drone the, yeah, footage, the drone footage of, yeah. of the city yeah. of Dubai. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Um, I mean, I had kind of like a whole marketing strategy about how songs like Vegas and Dubai mm -hmm. were going to like have an actual like actual coverage of Vegas, and then I could have like I guess like footage of me in Vegas, let's say, or footage yeah. of me in Dubai, and you know, and I'm talking about it, and I'm doing full you know synopses of traveling to these places and things like that but i mean I, I just never got the time to do any of those things um and i think that that's a lot of what you guys are talking about i think you guys talk about like not committing or not seeing it and i think a lot of that just comes from the fact that there's no visuals for you to see it like you don't you don't have an opportunity to see what i'm talking about and maybe in in a, in a song like you and me too maybe you guys connected with it a little bit more but at least for outlaw outlaw knows me so the stuff that i'm talking about in there is like specific stuff that if you know me like <laughs> like um you be at park you a regular nigga um, <laughs> you know what i'm saying talking about going to vegas and you know and hanging around around the tables like i mean all of that is just like ginka talking shit shit that yeah. people who know me probably gravitated to and connected with that song other songs may have been material that I would have needed to provide visuals to allow people to really connect with it the way I connected with it. And one thing I will say, and my make it a classic that I completely refute from y'all is, I feel as though most people I know really connected with Cut the Check. Okay. I also personally connected with Cut the Check in that Cut the Check is like really, really far out of the box in terms of Yinka Diz. Like I feel like people have a box as to what Yinka Diz is and who he's capable, uh, what he's capable of as an artist. Cut the Check is a very dirty South bounce. Mm -hmm. The bounce to the record is not a West Coast bounce and it's not an East Coast bounce. Some people say that I sound I sound very East Coast. Some people say that I sound very West Coast. Nobody ever says that I sound dirty South. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that record, the, the production has a certain bounce to it. I'm kicking multiple different cadences in and out of the beat in a way that I think some folks really connected with. I also think that it production wise is probably the most modern in terms of what's going on now with like this kind of trap trappy sound rolling hi-hats etc um so I, I actually don't think that that song sucks so i'll just say that okay. All right. <laughs> I, I i don't really have that much to add in terms of, of making it a classic i mean my make it a classic would probably just be me you know spitballing a lot kind of the way you did when we talked about blueprint 2 mm -hmm. what i would have done ideally to make this album as opposed to what i actually did to make this album so okay Which, yeah. well i mean testament to you for making the album yeah right sure. i mean there's this i mean I, I i was sitting down listening to it and i was like man like how much time like how much effort on top of and just to finish it even yeah. just to finish a song and this is his third album yeah i mean just the you know the effort it takes to finish something you know um you know people get so distracted get caught up on the day-to-day -day and everybody's got problems you know but to take something an idea and, and from nothing to something create it and finish it and you know produce it market it get it out there you know that's that's a testament to you man Appreciate it. what do you think about seven seas though i want to get back to this because i still want to defend this song a couple things so i think i said this on the last podcast that was actually a record that i wanted janae Iko on and oh, okay. nobody knew Janae Iko at the time. Day, Day One, who happens to be the producer on this one, shout out to Day One, was working with Alori Joe, who is um, Absol's girlfriend who passed, who passed away, and Janae Iko, as well as a few other um, artists. And he kind of had them, you know, they would do rough demos and hooks and things like that on, on records that they were working on. TDE snatched up a record that they had with Janae Iko's voice on it. 
I heard that record and was like, I want to work with that girl. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I like her voice. Like, it sounds real, just sultry, sexy. Like, I like it. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of laughed at me. Like, you know, Janae was somebody that people at the studio were just like, yo, she can't sing. Like, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. They had like, now she's like a huger artist yeah. than all of these folks. But, um, so, but this particular record I got and, um, I put it in the pocket. Like, I, you know, I was like, I want this record. I want to get Janae on it. Day's like, okay, you know, I think I can set that up. And then something happened where I didn't end up going back to LA for, for months. And, you know, it was pretty shortly after that that she was on tour with Drake. And that was when she, like, really popped yeah. off. So, like, again, the record is very 2012 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of pretty much already had the concept. I had, you know, some of the lyrics already and et cetera. I mean, it was really just, as you said, about just executing it. So this is me in 2017 executing an idea that I had in 2012. And that's the that's the reason for me why it's just like, okay. I think the reason why I like it is because it definitely is a throwback track. But it's it, throwback. But yeah. it actually sounds good. Yeah. The production and the voice with what she's doing. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying that it's like the best kind of singing but when you look at how people have been singing for the past 20 years it fits in perfectly it's a song that i hadn't heard before and it doesn't sound obnoxious to me right and it also works with the theming of the rest of the album right i thought it worked really really well and i like it it's a highlight for me i was listening to it in the car on the way over here my brother's like flip it i'm like damn i kind of like this (laughs) i do agree it fits with the theming of the album i think though you talk about records that could make noise could get a buzz could get people's attention in 2012 that record would have got everyone's attention yes i agree in 2017 probably not not so much but it's, you know what i mean but it's still not bad i'm not saying that it's yeah, a hit i'm just saying bad. that in terms of the filler tracks go it's one that i enjoy listening to what's so. up i'm glad you enjoy it i obviously enjoy it at least enough to have put it on my album so <laughs> yeah yeah uh-uh. I appreciate it. So, so how, how is this experience for you, listening to us critique your album, praise your album, shit on your album, whatever we did? It's cool. I mean, it's just the mics on. I, you know, I have, especially my friends back in Cali, whew, pretty brutal. But uh, did I've it got, really? not about this album specifically, but just uh, in general. Um, okay. I actually had a, this is a funny story. I had a, I used to have a process that I actually don't even really do anymore, where like, essentially when I was going to work on a mixtape, like the last two albums, this is the process. You know, I record a bunch of like song ideas. I might have like 30 song ideas, um, you know, hooks, verses, beats, you know, et cetera. And then I'll zip them up in a zip file and send them out to, you know, a bunch of my friends like, yeah, you know, what do you what do you think the best songs are here? You know, or, you know, what order, you know, do you think I should I should put these in as I whittle down what the album's going to be? And like, I mean, generally, it's just like, yo, this is all shit. Like, nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever. The nah. departure is actually the first one where I, I didn't go go about that at all. I just did this one, you know, myself. Uh, Radiant Child, which is probably my favorite of the trilogy, I kind of didn't either. Um, I had a first round of that where I did that. And then I, everybody just kind of shitted on everything. So I just kind of went to the side and said, these are the ones that I think are the best. And I put it, put it together. But New Art, New Money was that. New Art, New Money, I worked on at the same time that I worked on an EP that never came out with my crew, New Money. And um, I mean, it was just like, that shit, that shit, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm used to, um, 
I mean, I guess I guess I usually get positive uh, feedback, mostly mm-hmm. from folks that are outside of my crew from yeah. L.A. But I'm used to soliciting feedback from folks and like hearing what people think and stuff like that. So but it's always dope. This is just with the mic on. OK. Yeah. I mean, shit, what do they think about the podcast? Yo, my, my homies in Cali, when we first dropped it, I think they so I know they listened to the first episode or maybe one or two. And they mm. were like, yo, this is actually pretty good. Kind of the. Yo, you're my friend. I didn't expect it to be good type thing. Um, I don't. I don't know that they're repeat listeners. I haven't okay. really heard much about it since then. So, uh, I mean, you and me, you and me too. I mean, I'm listening to it right now in my mind. You know, it's got legs. You know, I was talking, actually talking to my brother about it the other day, and uh, how I'm kind of a moments guy. You described some or some artists, you know, Drake, some other people as moments people in terms yeah. of how they're, you know. And uh, I would describe myself as a listener or consumer of music as a moments guy. And uh, that song is going to stick with me for a long time. Just I had a positive experience coming back from my daughter's track meet. She had a, she, it was a really good time and she did great. And, uh, and so listening to that song and kind of bouncing to it, it's kind of stuck in my mind with a moment in time. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, like, there's, there's some real quality stuff on there. Appreciate it, I, yo. I think I think the general consensus then is the next video got to be you and me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. I think my thought is this: every time I put something out, it's, it's a learning experience. I learned from paying Glasses Malone to be on my first mixtape. I learned from you know each each experience. I think the biggest thing I learned from this one, as we said, is like putting something out, just putting it out, like rushing to put it out without having a marketing plan is just it's an exercise in futility. I think as a result of that, I kind of taken a step back and been like, okay, the next thing I put together and put out there, part of me making the album is going to be me making how I'm going to market it. And I'm going to put the dollars in up front as opposed to doing it on the back end. I still think I'm going to try to promote some of this just because I think it's good enough that I'd like I'd like more people to hear it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just, you know, dope, dope that y'all took the time to check it out. I appreciate that. Yeah. Of course, man. Yeah, of course. So. Anything else on this one? Uh, I mean, that should probably just about wrap it up. I'm surprised you haven't asked him to spill the, the dirt on his younger brother. Oh, on, on Andrew? <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't ask no. to do that. I mean, no, it, we it, don't have you, to. have you got something? I'm not sure what it is. I, I tell you what, my favorite thing listening to the podcast is Andrew would bring up something from the, from when we were in high school and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, you know, Andrew's probably got the dirt on me, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can take credit for like his whole, you know, like a hip hop, right? I mean, yeah, I brought yeah, him on Wu Tang yeah. and, and yeah, the roots. Yeah, he put yeah, me on to yeah. things fall apart. I think yeah. it's similar to having Kenny on the show and having Kenny be be such an avid listener of the show as you know, like like that's the person that I came into loving hip hop with. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, y'all have obviously shared a lot of experiences, and we've heard a lot of those experiences well, on the podcast. We kind of went in different directions, though. I, mm-hmm. I personally feel that a lot of the hip hop Adrian was listening to, with the exception of Things Fall Apart, because he listened to that on his own, and maybe Common One Day would all make But then he introduced you to yeah. Wu? He did. But after that, though, I think a lot of the hip hop he was listening to was more of just like what was like popular and accessible. Mm, yeah. um, and I was doing these deep dives into mm. like, and when I was in tenth, eleventh grade, I was going back to listen to KRS One's entire catalog. Like, who the yeah. fuck does that? Why? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But but yeah. you know, we talked about it in the last podcast. That's mm. why I like that. By all means, necessary. I'm so right. much. 
And That's you know, a lot like of other my brother too. Yeah, a lot yeah. of other folks didn't necessarily do that. So when Jay Z was popular in high school, I wasn't really digesting those albums. I was I was right, liking right. the stuff that was on the radio because it was poppy and it was a hit. Mm-hmm. But I was in my own world, listening to my own thing, thinking that I had all the fucking answers because I'm just an arrogant <laughs> piece of shit. So <laughs> that's pretty much what yeah. it was. Nah, but, I, 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 me and my brother, same, same thing. But, but one of the things I'll say about my brother, and this might be similar to you, right? Like one of the things I really respect about my brother, like I always said, if I had a record label, I would let my brother listen to artists before I would decide, you know, if I was going to work with them or what I was going to put out, what I wasn't going to put out because my brother, as a result of being such an avid listener to what is popular and what is mainstream, Mm -hmm. his ear for the mainstream is impeccable. It's better than mine. So like he'll hear something and he'll be like, oh, this is going to be a hit or this is great. And I'll be like, this sucks. You know what I mean? And he's like, oh, no, no, you're right. It sucks, but this is going to be a hit. Like, this is, this is it. And, and he knows. Like, And I mean, he's just, he just has that ear. So I think it's almost like we have trained our ear to go a certain way, but there's other folks that have trained their ear in another way. And there's no necessarily right or wrong, I guess, when it comes to, to, to that, just because there's a, both are a skill set, I would say. Yeah, I just it, for me, um, I, I think what you're hitting on is like you've gone back and Andrew's gone back and listened to the why. Like, why is this good? Or why did they do that? Or why? We try to. Yeah, try to. For me, I'm very much a consumer of hip hop. And that's to a degree, you know, a moments guy, but never really went back or asked why. And, and, and there were some things that when, you know, to kind of what I was speaking to earlier, if something came up with something was really good and it spoke to me in a way that I think maybe you're trying to get after and how you make music, like, hey, that connects on me to me in a more personal level and I have a story or something that that resonates when I when I hear that song. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I it kind of picked up and then that, you know, hit repeat on and came back up. But a yeah. lot of it and a part of it too was just where I was at in high school. Like I was on a football team, running track, <laughs> playing basketball and so you know, trying to stay current with everything that was going on, and you know, yeah, that was not me. Yeah, 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 I was, yeah, I was a little bit of that guy, but you know, at the same time, Andrew and I driving to school with Reggie in the back, right? You know, we just we hit on what was good, and right. stuff would come back up, and kind of for me, it shaped what I listen to or what I go back to now. You, I mean, so. you talk about being a moments person, and that's that's interesting, right? Uh, we talked about my album and one of the shortcomings that I felt was was the marketing, right? You know, and and I talked about trying to connect to make music that people can connect with mm-hmm. right but again my album being two-dimensional right in terms mm-hmm. of the rollout of the album cardi b is somebody that a lot of people feel as though they really connect with but people don't connect with her musically they no. connect with her instagram personality right. they connect with her snapchat personality um so there's well, they, there's more ways that people can connect with you, yeah you they know? connect like with some she, of her lyrics though just in terms of the being able to empathize yeah, but with do what you she's think talking about. Do you think that if she if she ha- shut down the the internet personality and just rolled out her album, no, no, just, of course not. What I'm saying though is that you know what I mean? her lyrics, particularly on her on this uh, invasion of privacy, right. had an underdog mentality, and people can identify with that. That's my only point. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying that to say that in this current day and age, people tend to create their art as a full three-dimensional body of Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. and when they try to make themselves an accessible or connectable artist i think it's less about the music and more about other mediums maybe but i think you know cardi b took herself off of twitter right because of Mm -hmm. the some of the uh, i don't know the name of the the editor whatever it is that criticized her and she decided to take all her music or all of her tweets down but yeah, there is, there is, that, but okay. yeah, yeah, I think yeah, there was yeah. something about like her saying something insensitive or something, and, yeah. then, and then she got killed on Twitter and she took it down. But I mean, she's still on IG, she's still on on uh, Snapchat and all that. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was something to do with like, hey, this this editor was like, you know, women were coming up or in such a good space and, uh-huh. you know, doing so many positive things for women. And then Cardi B comes out and Jeez. yeah. And then, uh-huh. uh, you know, this is trash, blah, blah, blah. You know, what's her name? Does it better? But uh, you, know, she's, you know how that go. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think I think for artists and stuff like that, it's a, it's a gift and a curse. Right. Like she. The, the social media thing is really what made her pop. But at the same time, you know, having everybody have that level of accessibility to you, you know, mm-hmm. there's definitely detractions and negatives that come with that. So yeah. you put yourself out there as an artist. But I think to your point, I mean, I think, you know, either as you continue to roll this out or you bring it back out or or for the next album, I, I think, you know, your approach in terms of making it more holistic and looking at the larger picture in terms of what space this fits and what what avenues, what what veins of you know whether it's social media or you know that people are collecting information might be exposed to your music and having that more holistic approach to how you push it out would certainly i think people you know how people grab onto it and and might you know for a song like vegas if you know you go with andrew's ideas or you and me too or whatever but might might capture that moment that people kind of grab it and and carry on a little bit of a wave to man nowadays it's like you got to go to somebody's project and try to call them out or, you know, I don't know, create a blooper video where you fall off a skateboard or mm-hmm. um, get beat up in a subway and somebody gets it on camera. World star. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, you make a dance, right? You make a line dance or song, right? But uh, did, you, did you guys have any other questions that you wanted to ask about the discussion of the album? Or I think, I think we're pretty much... I guess I'm curious about the who you feel like your team is like you know the process the mental process when you, when, when you go through to put the album together because mm-hmm. you know listen to the the one podcast you talked about how you go to music kind of fairs or events and you know mm-hmm. people would come up and hey i do this i do this and yeah. you kind of grab and people to help you out but who who are the people that you go to to then go to a producer or go to a, you know mm-hmm. like what what how does that inner circle work, you know, or how you get in there? Or what, yeah. For you, what's the, who are you not speaking with that's going to help put you or get you to the next I, level? You I know? think most, most artists have a team now. I would say I don't have a team. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit on that last podcast episode, but it was, you know, the more I moved into being successful, I guess, in my career, the less I've spent time around folks that I would consider creatives in that way, people mm-hmm. who are kind of in that world. And so, like, there was a time frame where I did really have a team where, you know, my, I was with my cousin and with Logic and with some of the other folks that, you know, we kind of had our little talent pool where everybody had a role and they all kind of knew what they what they did. And we everybody contributed and we were all kind of looking to a common goal. But I wouldn't really say that I have a team right now. And I think that that's something that also that makes it a lot more difficult to do, you know, because when it comes to making the artwork i've got to i've got to track down how to get the artwork together when it comes to you know distribution how we're going to get it out there that's me you know when it comes to arrangement when it comes to production whatever it is like it's pretty much just me and then you know in some cases i'm able to source pieces of material get beats from david boku shout out to him folks like that day one but um you know the entire brains behind it right now is just me and i think that's something that i would i would say for other artists out there who are trying to do their thing is get a good team behind you get people that you really can trust that can do different things and it's going to make your job a lot easier how do you do that though like how do you insert yourself or how do you find the right person to do that and maybe that's not right for this podcast we go on forever about it but yeah i think i think it's like like you know what you were saying um you know going 
going to open mics. They have uh, producer battles now, mm-hmm. you know, where in different cities, producers can come and display their beats and stuff like that. Go to things like that, um, you know, music conferences and things like that. And you, you know, you just kind of network and somebody says, I do this and somebody says, I do that. And you're like, that's what I need. And, you know, every once in a while, you'll bump into somebody and you kind of share a common vision. Hopefully, you know, I mean, back then it was, do you share a common location first? Then do you share a common vision? True. Now it's like the world is so small that you could be in Sweden and this person's in, I don't know, Norway or, you know, Australia or wherever. And you can work together. For an so, exchange. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's just about really about meeting minds with people. I know a lot of the, the, the artists that I was a big fan of in what we'll call the blog era you know, which is like your Tanya Morgans and your Odysseys and people like that kind of found meeting minds on OK Player and these blog sites, mm-hmm. undergroundhiphop.com. And they would, you know, be in these message chats and stuff like that. Um, Illmind, you know, a lot of these cats, they actually networked with each other in those forums back in the day when they didn't have, you know, things were less accessible and they were able to collaborate with each other like that. So, okay. I mean, there's there's tons of ways to do it. You just have to be dedicated to it and committed to it. Sure. Thank you. No doubt. Well, I think Adrian's about to put out an album, yo. No, so no, for no, all the producers no. out there, he's looking no. for beats. Yeah, no, I ain't got any, I ain't, no, but, uh, Yo, it's rock commando. I know that's totally Rando. rando. <laughs> See, tripping like Jessica Spano. Like, I ain't got nothing like that. I yo, that's that. one of the lines that, I, that people I get back from a lot of people, yo. And it's, it's just dope. I think, you know, I listen to a lot of uh, lately, like a lot of West Side Gun and Conway. I don't know if yeah. y'all are familiar with them, but they, they weave a lot of like WWE lines in there. And I think it's just dope to have an 80s babies podcast. You know, certain lines that are like, 90s culture yeah. like you know that you know all the, you can tell all the ca- kids yeah. that grew up in the 90s like that gravitate to those lines that's definitely yeah. one of them yeah, yeah. Was good. all right so i guess we wrap it up here yeah peace 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 clara numbers running like mascara level with the girls now that's where you made an error error now she free like mandela Picture in my face while she dancing in the mirror. Yeah, we put her on like aloe vera. And the homegirls, bro, hope you ain't with the Jerry. Take your ring back, you won't need that, you should spare it. Take your queen back, but you scared of looking like Robert Dick with no confidence. And we politic, she'll talk about a lot of shit. Room service got lots of shrimp, it was up to like five or six. What was you at, Loki at the club? You should do that mode within the gamma spot. Then your hand was hot, took a break, get the sandwich shot with chop chop. She was in a crop top, both days, standing on the couch, chilling. That's my favorite, that's my favorite. Song. Yeah. Another night in Vegas, night in Vegas.
Just another night in Vegas. Just another night in Vegas. Just another night in Vegas. Just another night in Vegas. 